1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: This podcast is made possible thanks to Black Ballad's membership community. To find out how to join our community of professionally ambitious, socially conscious and culturally curious Black women, visit the link in our show notes. Welcome to the very first episode of season two of Black Ballad Presents The Survival Guide. Yes, we're back again for another opportunity to talk about all the things we don't talk about enough when it comes to being a Black mother in Britain today. I'm Jendella Benson, Head of Editorial at Black Ballad, Mother to Two, Stepmother to One, and if you don't know what Black Ballad is, we are an award-winning digital media company and membership community for Black women in Britain and beyond. Now, I hope you're ready to settle into a blockbuster episode where we're going to be talking about sex, baby. (laughs) We thought we'd kick things off with a bang, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because we really, really don't talk about sex after childbirth enough. Like, where do I even begin? How do I... You know when... What if... Uh, see, tongue-tied. But don't worry because I've got some wonderful guests who are going to help me get into the nitty-gritty and that's probably not the best term to use when talking about sex but I'm going with it. I'm Karina,
3: I am one-fourth of the Black Mums Upfront podcast and I have one daughter who is 11 going on twenty five.
4: Um, I'm Natalie Duvall I'm also one fourth of the Black Mums Upfront podcast I have two daughters age six and nine Um, and yeah very much I'm a mummy's girl I love my babies I do a lot of matching as well I love matching with my daughters they are my mini-meads so yeah that's my
5: my name's Endy. Um, I'm also one fourth of Black Mums Up Front. I've never matched with my child in my life. I'm um, just putting it out there. Uh, he is 10, so I'm a mum to one 10 year old boy.
6: I'm Nanajua, and I have all your kids <laughs> combined, basically. I've got four kids, so <laughs> and they are um, seven, five, four, and one. And um, yeah, really, <laughs> really pleased to be here. I'm so surprised that none of the girls have cracked any jokes about the amount of kids I have. <laughs> Come on. I was, on, go, I let I it was out. about to. I
3: was, I was about, about to. to. I was about to. That's why I just oh. started laughing. And then also, I was <laughs> waiting for you to
6: actually see whether you could remember how old your kids were. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. I got it. You <laughs> know, <laughs> date of birth and everything.
2: Now, Black Mums Upfront are a collective of four Black mothers from London who were originally brought together under the Dope Black Mums brand. They are known for the weekly dose of unfiltered realness they provide us through their podcast, but you might have also seen them working with Sands to advocate for better care for grieving Black parents post miscarriage or making an appearance on Good Morning Britain to talk the tings to the nation or working with brands like Nike Women Too. But it's probably no surprise to any of you that after the glorious wonder of childbirth, sex was the last thing on the brain for Karina, Nana Ajua, Endy, and Natalie. I think
3: for me, I didn't even think about sex after childbirth, like what that was going to feel like. I just wanted to get through that that stage of being pregnant. Like I had an awful pregnancy. I felt sick every single day for nine months. So I, I didn't even think about like sex after childbirth. I just wanted to get the baby out of me and just feel normal again. But then when it did come down to it, I was like, I was kind of scared. I was like, oh, what's this gonna feel like? Um, Is it gonna feel the same? Am I gonna be able to orgasm? is the you know will he gonna go in like yeah I'd, it, i mean it will always go in karina yeah well you <laughs> never know especially you after your babies you, come out you never know guys because you know it stretches doesn't it it stretches so who knew if it was gonna go in and then slide straight back out again because oh, I'd, I see, I'd stretch yeah. so much you know that's what i mean it just might have just been dropping out see, but after
6: my first i i had to have stitches i don't think i had a huge tear it was maybe like first degree or something like that but i still had to be stitched up so my worry was that I had been stitched up too too much <laughs> and that I, I, I would too tight eh, again yeah definitely not a worry <laughs> no but I didn't want to start ripping again and oh, then have to, like yeah go th- no that was my worry and to be honest the last thing I wanted to do was to let anything near that area where a baby <laughs> would come <Yeah>. out. especially
3: <laughs> after having stitches I had I had second degree um, t- uh, tears so same as you I think that's probably why I didn't even really think about it because I was just like same yeah oh my god is something gonna rip
5: wow yeah. I, I didn't have um I didn't have stitches but I did have a graze so I what? had that yeah I know that's what well that's they said to me I had a home birth remember so I was at home and the midwife I said like, oh it's all great you have just got a bit of a graze and you don't know do you what that means but what I did know is that if ever I peed And the water, you know, you have to pour the water down when you pee. And if ever the pee lasts longer than the water, oh boy, like the stinging, it was a lot. And I just remember after I wasn't thinking at all about having anything going back up there after, you know, my main concern was getting the baby out. I hadn't even, didn't even think anything about anything going back up, and and I, I just was for a while really scared of the pain, the pain of pooing as well. Before the sex, I was scared of doing a poo, and then yeah, by the time by the time it came round to sex, I I was okay, but it, it wasn't something I thought about.
4: Mm-hmm. No, it's never something that we think about, but I do know that, like I stopped having sex, I think when I was about seven and a half months pregnant, cause I just did not want to, I was so uncomfortable. I didn't want to do anything after that. And then I remember having the baby and being fine with everything. But then obviously I'm not thinking about sex cause I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm breastfeeding. I feel disgusting. I'd grown a beard all throughout the pregnancy. I did not feel sexy. Like there was just hair everywhere. Um, but I do know that my partner was obviously thinking about sex. And so you do get that kind of pressure thing of like, oh my God, I don't want this child to ruin my life and to ruin like our relationship and to ruin sex. So then you then you put pressure on yourself to be like, oh, okay, I, I, I need to do something. So I, I think I could have gone happily without sex for a while, but I did feel like, oh, actually I don't want it like they obviously have needs as well. And obviously we're in this mess or (laughs) we have this child (laughs) because, you know, we did the deed. So that shouldn't change. And so it was a real kind of, you know, um, a real mind fuck for me. I had to really kind of pull myself together, shave the beard, shave the legs and, you know, just get it over and done with. And I say it like that because I felt <laughs> like I had to just rip the band-aid off, rip the plaster off and just get it over and done with that first one. And then afterwards I was fine. But that first time, oh, I, I was scared. I was really scared.
2: I think there's too much pressure for women to get back with it after childbirth. The postpartum period is generally regarded as up to three months after birth. But if we're going to be honest, for many of us, it lasts much, much longer. We did a whole episode on this last season. There are many different things that we need to get reacquainted with after a baby comes and changes everything. But I wanted to know how the black mums at Front Gang got reacquainted with their bodies and their sexuality after giving birth and what that process looked like for them.
5: I do remember it being weird marrying up my sexual self, my sexual body with my new maternal milk leaking, you know, mother nature body i found that kind of weird and i do remember having those first kind of urges again and and kind of being excited like to feel a bit oh i feel like in the mood but then also kind of how how does that work you know with with the breastfeeding you know i i love boobs i love my boobs and i love everyone's boobs and i just found that i found it really weird to some. T- how are they gonna be included in this act now? And how does that work? You know, it's. I think I think that's quite weird and that isn't spoken about. And I remember a friend of mine saying, oh, you know, sometimes I ended up breastfeeding whilst having sex with my partner. So he'd be behind me, the baby's feeding the other side. And I was like, <laughs> oh wow, is that is that what we're doing now?
6: Unbelievable.
5: But actually, you know, no one talks about these things, but we all know now as mums, that the lines get very blurry and weird, you know? Someone speak now otherwise we can't just leave
3: me <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still I'm still like
6: <laughs> in my hey, breasts do not come into the equation anymore in my sex life they this I've had my baby's mouth on it sucking milk to nourish my child to to help my child grow into a strong wonderful human being and then you want this Yeah, they're, it, yeah because they yeah because of and course. Then, and put their mouth, nah. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Nadia,
3: no. But that's what makes no. women so, you know, it's what no. makes women so no. amazing that we are multifaceted. Our no. boobs are there to provide nourishment and they're also there to provide pleasure.
6: I can't, especially not while, like, at the moment, I'm still breastfeeding. So yes. it's still Weird. too. I, I even said to him, Do you want milk in your mouth? Like, <laughs> do you? I mean, there are a few porn Not, Yeah, I was going to say. So I've heard. I was going to you know. say, I
3: think that's a turn on for some people. Nah, Ooh, nah, 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 nah. Maybe not in your household, but I've heard it's a natural thing on sites. Well, websites.
6: listen. Though i have been told desperate. like Andy. When they get desperate, <laughs> anything goes.
3: But yeah, I think, it's you, you know, I do think that it's these conversations that we should, if you know, if you can't have them with your partner, or you feel, because as women, you know, once we've had a baby, a lot of us don't feel ourselves. You know, we're not happy with the way that our body looks. We don't know what down there looks like. We're not sure if, you know, sometimes the leakage that you have from there is normal or, you know, all of these feelings are normal. And I guess we've all been through it. We've all had those feelings of feeling maybe like inadequate or not feeling your best self and, or that your body's not in its best shapes. You may not feel comfortable having that conversation with your partner, but I do think it sh- you should have those conversations with your girlfriends or your sisters whoever they may be because you know for me having conversations with my friends after having a baby i realized that a lot of the things that i was feeling was normal you know feeling uncomfortable with your body or you know having leakages and having discharge and knowing that actually that is very very normal and that a lot of women do go through that after having a baby the same as you know having sex after um, having a baby and everyone's gonna feel uncomfortable or hesitant about doing something that you know they haven't done in a while or after you know going through a traumatic experience such mm-hmm. as labor. But I do think there is some um, solace in confiding with your sisters and being able to talk about it if you can't talk about it with your partners. And I think partners, um, wh- whoever they may be, man or female, they should probably try and be a little bit more understanding of how a woman feels after they've given birth and how they they may be feeling in, in their approach to having sex as well after childbirth?
4: Um, I think for me, after baby number one, I was it, it was quite easy for me to go back into my body. I mean, I was in my late twenties as well. So I, was, I snapped back and I really did after baby number one. Baby number two took me slightly longer and also it was a bit more traumatic birth. And I think one thing that I didn't consider was that my partner at the time, you know, his vision of me was literally on a, on the um the bed almost bleeding out and so you know he had this vision and that's he there's those are some things that they can't unsee and so that was one conversation that we never had is like how have you how do you go from seeing me literally blood everywhere legs open like in my worst possible state to then trying to you know be sexy and love make and do all this kind of stuff and there's a real there's there's a real kind of conversation that has to be had and nine times out of ten it's not had because you're either avoiding the conversation or you're just so busy with the baby and trying to just not cry every single day that you know you just try and just you know skim over it but it took me it definitely took me a while and do you know what I'm I'm still learning my kids are six and nine I'm still learning to love my body some days. I love my body some days my legs look great my skin looks great and I'm like yes I'm owning it and some days I just look a state so I I don't know if I'll ever be completely happy with my body and the way it looks I know some days I will but I know for a fact that it's, it's nothing's ever perfect and I just have to be okay with that it's true.
5: I, I think, I mean, it also we're we're all such individuals, you know, we all have such different circumstances. Um, and so therefore the kind of motherhood experience is so different. So really um, looking back on it now, I was in really quite a sort of toxic relationship when I had my son, um, which I wouldn't have described as, as that at the time, but looking back on it, I think I, I was. And so really so much of... Um, I felt in a way a kind of giving. You give so much to your baby, don't you? You're kind of giving all the time to your child. And so therefore it's so important. I think it really highlights if you're not in a relationship that replenishes you and nourishes you and is also a source of giving and a source of kind of emotional need. I mean, of course, There's emotional need in all relationships. But if it's not balanced, I think having a baby just tips it even more. Um, And so that can really, really kind of complicate things around that intimacy. So actually, I, I, I do think, you know, becoming single, actually, and then kind of um, rediscovering myself sexually after, after that was, was really positive because it kind of, I, I was like, wow, I'm a mother and I, and I have a home and I, I mean, I'm in charge of my life. And then I can go out and I can have really wonderful kind of intimate experiences with, you know, people, not, not just anyone, but you know, <laughs> just but with 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 people where it feels respectful and and um exciting and actually when so when and for some people obviously they're in loving marriages and relationships that would hopefully be with the with the partner of their you know the father of their child i think that can be really exciting because you can rediscover your new self um with your partner and rediscover your your new self in a really empowered way where you have a real huge amount of respect for your body and and hopefully, you know that journey to that new you—that new, maybe more mature, more aware you—that's um, a mother and a woman. I think I really felt like a woman when I when I started having sex as a as a mother. Um, I think that's really exciting. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom, but it it definitely depends on the circumstance you're in.
6: For me, I it was a case of kind of um, being prepared to be in that situation again and what I mean is for me and my husband we don't use contraception at all we never have and we don't intend to so not only wow. did I need to try what do you say I just said wow there may be a few there maybe another 10 more to come <laughs> yeah 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 so for me it was also a case of um so finding myself as myself again but also preparing potentially for motherhood again, because we believe in giving our whole selves to each other when we when we have sex, and that includes our fertility. And if we are, are of course, we can try and monitor and say, okay, well, I'm less likely to get pregnant during these times or whatever, um, but there is always that chance that you could still get pregnant. So for me, it was just, it's a real, to go down that route again, I have to really almost die to self and give myself completely to my husband and just trust that what will be, will be. So it's it's a whole huge thing for me to even just get my head into on whether or not I am prepared to um, become a mother again, because it's not just having sex. There is the potential of a a baby coming out of it. and some of that is quite, I find quite empowering as well, and beautiful about the sexual act. This idea that we could bring forth life right now. Um, How are you because- going to stop that? Like, <laughs> seriously, are you, maybe
4: the, the pull-out method, are, are you doing anything? Or just like, just going all
6: guns blazing? well i mean you could abstain or you can <laughs> monitor cycle, cycle um, yeah true. your cycle which actually if you do monitor it properly yeah. is actually more effective than contraception it's just that a lot of people are a bit lazy and don't monitor it pro- properly um but for yeah, me you're I- guilty of that <laughs> <laughs> i just have to kind of let it go and as a christian i just give it up to god if he wants to give me 10 children please no please no please no um (laughs) then i will accept those 10 children but otherwise we will just keep having fun and doing what we do and just love each other and see see what comes of it wow (laughs) and the podcast ends there yeah (laughs) karina Karina, gotta follow that karina
3: how do I even do that? No, I think going back to what you were saying, jendella about um, sexuality, I think for me, I've always really struggled with kind of um, my weight in terms of feeling confident with my body and what it looks like naked and without any clothes on. So I think, you know, after you've had a child and you're in a relationship, you know, that's something that your partner has seen you in your most vulnerable state, obviously seen you when you're pregnant and then also seen you in an incredibly, Um, level, uh, an incredible level amount of pain. So I think for me, after having um, my daughter and separating with her dad, I think I really found myself and was having to feel a little bit, what's the word I'm looking for? I had to learn to feel comfortable in my body again with someone new. And even though it wasn't directly after childbirth, it did feel very similar to, um, those feelings after childbirth of, you know, not sure what it It does down there feel normal to a new partner because I've had a baby. Um, will they think I'm a bit weird because it might not be as tight as it used to be, um, because I've had a baby. And so, you know, those thoughts definitely went through my mind after, um, splitting with um, my daughter's dad and having um, new partners and stuff after that. But, you know, my daughter's 11, been, been out here in these streets, you know, for a <laughs> while now. So it's got to the point where, yeah, I do still struggle with um, feeling confident without any clothes on. But in terms of um, having sex and what it feels like, I think now I'm at a point where I'm like, well, if you think it feels weird or whatever, that it's a you problem. I'm 35, I don't really know what it's supposed to feel like. So, and I've had a child, so deal with it, enjoy yourself, or I have vibrators that can keep me well satisfied.
4: <laughs> yes, in, in the words of Karina, she is too old to be having shit sex. Basically. And that's what she says all the time. And <laughs> I, I mean, I could not agree more. I always think about when we were um, like 18, 19, Endy and I used to go on holiday quite a lot because we were young and free. And I always remember, and I've got loads of pictures of us on the beach, in a thong and nothing else so we've got no bra on or anything like our boobs are just out and the body confidence that you have before children and just as a younger person compared to afterwards is it's such a huge difference and and you know that just that comes with age it comes with um it comes with knowing you know who you are and it definitely comes with you know you know, just learning to like yourself again. Because I loved my body when I was 18, 19, 20, like my breast stood up, my, I had a nice little tummy, there was no stretch marks. And so you have to you have to just acknowledge that, know that that was you then, and then this is you now. And it's, just, it's a different part, nothing stays the same. The only thing that is constant in life is change.
2: These are the conversations that are so important to have because they can be that little beacon of light in a world of confusion that is motherhood. But just in case you still needed more, I of course had to ask black mums up front what advice they would give to their younger selves and what they wish they'd known earlier. Um
4: my advice would be to know um to obviously don't worry, because things happen things change all the time and you're so kind of caught up in things staying the same and not changing but your relationship's going to change your partner your relationship with your body's going to change like everything's going to change and that's just a natural way of life um i would tell my former self probably to to be naked a bit more (laughs) and enjoy my my pre-baby naked body even more um more holidays just wearing thongs on the beach um and you know that your orgasm um, might be better after children, once you found it again. Cause I lost my orgasm after kids and I had to kind of really focus and find it again.
3: Yeah, I think similar to Natalie, don't stress too much about that post baby, for that first post baby sexual experience. Um, you know, relax don't put so much pressure on yourself for it to be perfect or, you know, to to, to actually enjoy it because you might not enjoy it. You might just be tired. Um, and also don't be afraid to have that conversation with your partner about exactly how you are feeling. You know, if you're feeling anxious or, you know, you're not 100% confident with your body again, find a way to communicate that to your partner and just be open and honest with him and you know if you are missing having sex and it's you know your partner's just not doing it for you anymore because you know down there feels a little bit different there's always ways around that you know there's sex toys there's all these different ways of trying to spice up that bedroom life again and to make you feel um at ease, but yeah, I would definitely say communication, and don't put so much pressure on yourself or your partner, for that matter. Like we said earlier, we're too old to be having
4: shit sex.
6: I would tell myself, Nanajua, abstain a bit longer because you're going to get pregnant straight away. <laughs> 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 that, that is what's gonna happen it's gonna happen again and again is that what happened though again. did
4: you like was the first time um, you had sex the first time you got well
6: pregnant? i got my preg my my period back and then after my first period i got pregnant straight away <laughs> oh surprised yeah. you're
3: not pregnant already then I,
6: I might be i never no, really but I mean,
3: know <laughs> no but what i mean is like my baby's one now isn't he so you know yes yeah, ter- so no, normally to turn i am one, pregnant so. by now yeah yeah is like a world record for you
6: <laughs> Billy is looking a bit round you are we looking joke. quite glow you are so looking true. quite
3: glowy yeah. Nanad actually can to think of it
6: it's the good lighting but I will take a pregnancy test <laughs> the ring <real> light <laughs> um, look at Natalie's face I don't think I am Natalie I don't okay. I jest All right. I jest
4: <laughs> we, we jest <laughs> through,
6: through, through gritted teeth
5: <laughs> um Oh, I don't know. I think I think I would just in general, not even sexually related, I think I would just um say to myself just to just to be more accepting of each situation. Try not to control everything, try not to worry about oh, should the baby be doing this? Oh, should this be like that? Oh, I should be there. Oh, I should be organized. Oh, I should be there. you know, just to take all of that off. I mean, I was pretty chilled really in lots of ways, but I think I still did have elements of that kind of anxiety and I think Society just puts that on us. We're supposed to have, we think we're in control, but actually, birth and death shows us we're not in control. And actually, to enjoy that, enjoy going with it. Um, and if that means, you know, great sex, then brilliant. If it means not having sex for weeks and weeks, then brilliant. And, um, you know, no shoulds, just be in the moment, I suppose. Yeah. That would be my advice. I was also
3: just going to add to that as well that don't going back to what you were saying Andy about one of your friends you know breastfeeding and having sex i think you were saying yeah. um having a baby your time just goes you you never find the time to do anything and i think society tells us that you know we um sometimes that you know you have to act prudish and proper and you know sex is this this horrible thing that's only you should only be having to create babies and outside of that you know it should all be private and whatever but i do think that you know if the only time that you can have sex is when your baby's sleeping in a cot at the bottom of the bed like they're not going to know any different if you and daddy are having sex in the bed like they're never going to remember that so just do what works for you and your partner and don't let society put pressure on you for what is their perception of normal
5: yeah absolutely i think it's amazing when you have a baby everyone suddenly becomes an expert don't they everyone's got an opinion and it's like really you know no one asks for anyone's opinion it's just and they only give it because they're insecure about what they want to do in the first place i think it's a ridiculous thing and it's a time when you're really vulnerable as well so the idea that people should be telling you what to do or suggesting when you should have another baby or any of those things. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, it's none of their business. It's none of their business and it's yeah, completely just brush it off to any woman asking, you know, listening that is experiencing that. I know it can be hard. I think when you get older, it's easier to kind yeah. of just be like, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's there's no one's business. And, and I think all... a lot of stuff goes on anyway, but you know, lots of people we had we had Miles in the bed with us, so everything happened in the bed at the same time. Mm. <laughs> I was you also, know, like
6: what you're saying though, Indy, is so true. Because so many people like when because obviously I've had my children back to back and a lot I used to get comment Karina <laughs> It's people like you girls. It's you girls that are causing the problem, all right? No. Us. I'm joking. Um, No, people used to feel like they could comment on my sexual life, though. And I used to find it really uncomfortable, whether it be a colleague, strangers in the street. They would just say things like, oh, don't you think you should get a TV? Or just ridiculous, honestly. (laughs) Or don't you know what makes babies? Just everyone felt like they could comment on me having a baby. And also the fact that obviously some people knew that we weren't using contraception, like people closer to us. So they would say like, oh, gosh, you're just going to keep popping them out, popping them out. I was like, "But did anyone actually think that maybe I actually wanted to have more children? And therefore we kept having sex to then wait for that child to come. Like, I'm sure at some point... One day, maybe I will think, okay, I, I'm I'm all right. But I think people just have this notion that they can comment and they believe that you are making a mistake or you're not doing it right. Because just let
5: people live their lives. And it's because people don't like to have their ideas challenged because you doing something different means that it's a, it's a threat to them. And I I mean I massively got that even when I separated. Um, God, I'm really banging on about separation today. But when I when I separated, I so many people were like, oh my gosh, you know, that's so awful and I'm so sorry. And, you know, you need to do this and you need to stay together and you need to that. And of course, you know, you're like, oh my God, I know, I know, I'm trying, I'm trying. And actually, you know, it was it was such an empowering, such a good thing for us to do is, as an actual family, actually. And you think all these people have no idea what they're talking about. It's just that what your choice represents a threat to their perceived ideas of choice. And there is loads of ways to have babies. There's loads of ways to have sex and they're all absolutely nobody's damn business, but your own. And I really think it's good to remember that. And also if you don't feel like having sex,
3: you don't have to have sex. If you don't feel ready after six weeks, after two months, that is perfectly fine. And if your partner doesn't understand that, then maybe it's time to look for a new one.
4: Red flags.
3: <laughs>
6: Are they your parting words, Karina? Yeah,
3: it's my parting words for the podcast. Make that the ending, Jandela. If your partner has a problem with it, then
2: find a new one.
3: Wise words from a single woman.
2: <laughs> now, ordinarily, I would end the podcast there for dramatic effect. But did you hear what Natalie said about finding her orgasm again? Of course I had to ask her about that. How did you find that <laughs> orgasm again, How Natalie? How did
4: I find hmm. that orgasm again? Well, um you know what we we talked about this on our pod a couple weeks ago. Um before children, I, you know, it took me a while to orgasm in the first place. I didn't orgasm properly until I was like in my my 20s. What I thought was an orgasm in my teenage years really wasn't an orgasm until I actually had an orgasm and I was like, ah okay that's an orgasm okay now i know what we're talking about um and then obviously after children you know before children it was hard to orgasm anyway and after children it it's even harder because it was. it's a mindset thing, it's a, it's a mood thing, it's a, it's a clitoris thing. It was all those different things and it took me ages. Again, I suffered with vaginal dryness as well. I breastfed my first child for 18 months and I didn't actually realize that obviously breastfeeding can actually affect vaginal dryness because all the liquid is basically coming out of your boobs and there's no liquid left anywhere else, so that's why some women get dry um, while they're breastfeeding. And so I was suffering from that. Um, I had low self-esteem as well. I didn't really like the way I felt, and so an orgasm just wasn't on the cards for me. And I guess I had to. I had. To, for me to actually have that, I had to really focus, and I had to have like those conversations with my my partner at the time. And I'm a very clitoral person. I I can't orgasm via <laughs> penetrative sex. I just that's never such had. a
5: funny thing to that should be on your gravestone, Natalie Duval. <laughs> a very clitoral person. I've I'm never a very
4: heard anyone say. That. <laughs> <person>. <laughs> but it's, it's but it's the truth. It's it's all about the clitoris for me. So I think it was a mixture of. Um, a lot of handiwork from my partner at the time um, and um, a few vibrators to kind of find that mood again and find that, you know, like to find to get the orgasm, you know, that moment you're like, oh, it's coming. I can't, mm. I can't express, I can't explain it, but there's a the, there's the moment where you're like, oh, it's there, it's there, it's there. And just finding it again and finding what that feeling feels like and remembering it for future sexual encounters with my partner. So it, it was a process. It, and it wasn't easy. and it took a while it it really did um, but got there in the end. Um, and yeah, now I, I found it and I don't want to let it go. Can I just say <laughs> off the back
3: of that as well that if anyone is listening and wondering about orgasms, it is perfectly normal as well to not to orgasm from penetration or you know oh, after after having a baby because I do feel like some people, feel that, or some women feel that it's not normal when they ha- they're they having conversations with their friends and stuff and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, it's doing this and orgasms and, you know, go back to what Natalie was saying about finding that orgasm and not really knowing what an orgasm should feel like and thinking that it feels like one thing, but then actually later on down the line, you experience something else and you're like, wow, yes, that's it. I found that after having a baby they were practically non-existent. And so it would be like, I was just literally just having sex for their benefit because there was no kind of benefit for it for me other than that kind of intimacy feel. And I made sure I got to the point where I was like, I I have to vocalize this. I have to communicate this because it's not something on my part, as in it's not something negative on my part that I should feel ashamed of. Like I should be able to voice this and say, well, actually, you know, that's not doing it for me Hans. you either need to use your tongue or use your fingers or we're gonna have to bring some toys into this and i think after having a baby your your body does change a lot and i think it's embracing that change and knowing what you have to do to adapt to that change as well and finding finding
5: your new you again Mm. and knowing how to um to to manage that also, I I don't remember sort of a necessarily a physical thing, um, except the boobs, the lack of the boobs, because I that's a big erogenous zone. So not having them feeling not having access to them in the same way as normal did make that that was a bit of a Debbie Downer. But I do um I do remember I've always really loved sex. I've always it's like one of my favourite pastimes and For the first time, I do remember just being so tired. And actually, and I was in my 20s, I was like late 20s. I wasn't like, you know, it was quite... But I just remember thinking I would rather go to sleep because I just the idea you know because sleep is so when you've got a new baby and they're not sleeping that sometimes it was just a change a shift in I guess libido for a while and I was so consumed with love of this baby I just wanted to stare at the baby and then you know fall asleep I wasn't as it it changed my I guess my sex drive for a while and um, that can be a bit weird probably for your partner but um, yeah it it can affect you on a kind of physiological level and a psychological level you've suddenly got other focuses and things like sleep and caring for a newborn can mean that your sex drive takes a bit of a hit for a while and that's that's cool too Mm. it's back now though it's back now (laughs) (laughs) well
2: for those of us who are currently navigating the whole sex after childbirth thing i hope this helps to know that whatever you're dealing with it's often not weird at all And for those who were curious enough to tune in and haven't reached that point, well, fun times ahead. (laughs) But thanks for tuning in to the first episode of season two of Black Ballad Presents The Survival Guide. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that you tell all your followers on social media about us and make sure you're subscribed wherever you usually listen to podcasts. This is a Black Ballad production and the theme music for this podcast is by Darrell Banks.
7: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.